Hello listeners, this is Missy, the little sister, just popping on here to give you a little bit of an update. This episode that you're listening to will be released in two parts, so this is part one of a two-parter. The second part will be released in two weeks, because we are going to be moving to an every other week releasing schedule as I am working seven days a week, so it'll just make it easier for my schedule for the second half, the rest of season two. So we will be doing every other week for the rest of season two. We'll give you a season three update when season three comes. Also, after part two of this episode, we do have a more current update coming as part of season two. So in four weeks, (laughs) you'll be getting a current update. I guess uh, by the time that that comes out, it'll still be... Uh, about a month since recording. So nothing is ever super current um, because it takes time to edit these things and to put this together. So thank you all so much for being here and now on to the show. Welcome to Sisterly Situation. I'm Missy. And I'm Sherilyn. This is still season two. And we still, we actually haven't recorded in a couple weeks. We haven't met. Yes. Because I've been sick. Yes. So update time, I guess. So update time. Okay. I've been sick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm getting better. Week before that. Or you guys got sick at the same time? Uh, well, so, okay. She had a headache. She kind of woke up in the middle of the night. She was sent and she was just whining. And I had no idea why, because she doesn't use her words. And she was whining like crazy. And I was like, I can't help you. What do you need? And I'm thinking she's just having a nightmare because she does have really bad nightmares. Eventually, she does say that her head hurts her. So I get her some ibuprofen, children's ibuprofen. And it doesn't help at all. And the second day of her just being in absolute agony from this headache, I brought her to the doctor and found out that she had strep throat and COVID. Double whammy. And I was like, I would not have even thought to test for either of those things based on her just having a headache. So. Sorry, I'm having a brain freeze. (laughs) Yeah. So she tested positive for everything, brought her home, found out the dosage that was on the box of the children's medicine was like half what I needed to give her. So instead of giving her two of the little chewables, I had to give her like five. And so the, so after she took the five, she fell asleep and then she woke up and she was feeling better and she only needed like one more dose of the ibuprofen and then she was fine. She's been great. That's awesome. And then you got hit with whatever you got. And so the day after we went to the doctor for Guinevere, And I was like, please just don't let me get the strep because strep knocks me out. And next morning I woke up and sure enough had a sore throat. Uh Uh-huh. And you have, (laughs) you got hit hard. You've been knocked out. Yeah. So I've been very congested, sore throat, very tired. I have a cough. Very sick. You've been very sick. (laughs) Yeah. And And then like two days later, Guinevere got um, a little bit of stomach situation where she just had diarrhea, but otherwise she's been fine. She's going to love that you shared her diarrhea. I don't, uh, yeah, whatever. (laughs) She's eight. She'll get over it. It's not like that hasn't happened to people before. 
Yeah. She had still a, hap- I mean, yeah, it happens to adults. Yeah. So yeah, it's fine. Um, by the time she's old enough that she actually listens to any of our podcasts, she's going to be like, have had it like 17 times. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So um, she yeah. was really embarrassed and she had some, cause she had some accidents and she was like hiding it. And I was like, babe, it's totally, you will never get in trouble for having an accident, but I need you to let me know. Cause it's easier to clean than me finding it at two o'clock in the morning when I'm trying to crawl into bed. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand that though. I wet the bed for like entirely too long in my childhood and I got embarrassed about it and I would hide it it was no bueno you would but you wouldn't wet your own bed you would climb into bed with me well then I (laughs) didn't live together and I was still wetting the bed entirely too old and oh yeah and that's when I was trying to hide it yeah I was like you woke up why didn't you go to the bathroom why did you crawl into bed with me I'm not sure I I don't even remember that (laughs) oh my god it happens out of my head it happened so often. So not only did you crawl in bed and pee on me, um, <laughs> but then like mom would wake up and I'd have to clean it. I'd have to clean everything up too. Yeah. And I'd, like jump in the shower and of course get the wash done. And I had to w- clean you up and mom would be yelling at me the entire time. And I'd be like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> uh, that's a stanky situation. Yeah. The best was I was such time. a gross, weird kid. <laughs> um, I'm a weird adult. <laughs> yeah. The best was when the dog climbed up in bed with mom, though, and uh-huh. peed in the bed with her. Yeah, I still good. had to, like, she got up and ran straight to the shower. I still had to clean up the dog and clean so up her bed. Fun. <laughs> but I was like, good puppy. <laughs> I was so like my cubby. Yeah. That I was, was like not let mom see me laugh. Don't let mom see me laugh. Oh my gosh, like when she dyed her hair red. Have we told that story on here? I don't think so. She wanted to do like a strawberry blonde. That was yeah, her goal. She didn't understand that that meant red-ish. And also she was putting it on her hair, which she had been dyeing bleach blonde pretty much or platinum blonde, whatever. So it turned her hair like this copper pink-ish color. <laughs> yeah, so it was like 11 o'clock at night and we're driving. Oh, it was in the middle of the night. For no- <laughs> She's dyeing her hair. In the- I do remember this. How old are we at that point? I'm so young. Yeah, you had to be like six or seven. And I have a clear memory of this too. This was so... And it so was- we go out to... She was working as a cashier at ShopRite at the time. Far away too, like one of the furthest shop rights away from us, it feels like. It's like 11 o'clock at night and we drive, it's like a 40 minute drive to the shop right that she works at. Yeah. And we go drive all the way out there and go running through the store trying to find some kind of blonde dye that didn't completely cover. No. And also now that I'm older and I understand a little bit, you're not supposed to do that. You should. No, no. That's like a terrible thing to do. Yeah. Because all of her hair could have like fallen out, especially since she's like trying to get it lighter. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It it was bad. She's also pretty hilarious. Because you and I are, you are steering me into other aisles because I'm six or seven and have no filter and I'm cracking up and you're cracking up because mom is on this 
red-haired rage through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's on a rampage. Like, I'm oh like, my you're going to get her ass kicked. She cannot see In the see middle of laughing. the ShopRite. Yeah. She's like, there's yeah. no way that there would be any filter, even in the middle of ShopRite. Like, if we got caught laughing at her and her red hair and her rage, too. Like, because the things coupled were fucking hilarious. And the fact that we couldn't find it and, like, it was kind of our fault, you know, obviously. Um, yeah, it was not our fault at all. No, <laughs> was no, no, but like we were getting definitely yelled at for it. it like, and we had, oh man, what an yeah, excursion. It was, oh, it was, was so funny. Okay. Well, we got that out of the way. <laughs> but, so we updated on you. You were sick, but you're feeling better, my dear. I am feeling better. And what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? What have I been up to the last couple of weeks? Well, the last couple of weeks, Jeeves. You've been editing to get us. Well, really- actually, that's pretty true. I was. I edited quite a bit of season one and put it on the website because at this point of recording, we are still not published, but we are only a couple of months away from publicly publishing this podcast. <laughs> and by the time this particular episode comes out, it'll probably be way out <laughs> for a while, but. Um, It's exciting for us at this moment, I guess. So I have been hardcore editing and hardcore website editing and building and putting the episodes up on there so that people can have access to it early. Also, at the beginning of this year, I set intentions. I'm not really a resolution person. I don't, I don't really, I don't even usually do like the beginning of the year intention thing. I think at any time of the year is a good time to set intentions, but I was in that headspace in January. So I did do it. And I wrote, I made kind of a vision board, more of a list with some pictures on it. (laughs) And we talked about this recently. I I did like a bit of a check-in on my list. This podcast is number eight on that list. And it says, take steps towards starting podcasts with Cheryl. (laughs) (laughs) And it just makes me laugh so much because the the two details also under that is um, in, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time reading from here. Invest in equipment and software record some content (laughs) we have episodes we've got a website we've got episodes up on it and we're halfway through the year so it's funny though because when we saw each other in January you were you had said you were that you would put this on your to-do list like this was something you wanted to really take steps to and I was like me too that's on my list too let's do it and we dived in right then there in January yeah that moment that we were talking about it we immediately sat down in the kitchen because you were visiting me in California. So we were sitting that we immediately sat down in the kitchen and started looking up um, equipment and videos on how to use it and stuff. And did we order equipment right there, right then and there in that moment? We didn't, because we, but we did sit there and we agreed because dad and Jean had, had given each of us Amazon gift cards mm-hmm. for Christmas that we were sitting on. And it was like, is this what we spend that on? Yeah. And then we did. And then I still had leftover. Yeah. For a long time. I actually <clears throat> just spent the last of that gift card. That that gift card lasted me a long time. Oh, you must have got more than I did. I got a hundred dollars. I got one fifty. Okay. Why did I get fifty dollars more? That doesn't make any sense. Maybe I got one fifty. I think I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think at the time But mine was spent. <laughs> it was spent <laughs> like I got the microphone and the headphones and well, I got this whole kit and caboodle for like 30 or 40 bucks. 
I didn't get an expensive thing because I was like, we're just going to learn and practice and da da da. Like I didn't think I, I had no idea it was going to go as far as it already has. And right. equipment is fine for what we're doing. And at the sound has been pretty good. There's a couple of recordings that I don't really love the sound, but I kind of have to play around because my, my sound is off a little bit. So it, it, like, I'm very quiet. So I got to kind of figure out that whole thing. But anyway, so yeah, that's pretty much my update is I've been, I've been editing. I did a check-in with my intentions. I'm doing really well. In fact, I also decided to edit it a little bit. Part of the check-in is like, what was I, I was in a different headspace in January. So like, where am I now? And what am I focused on now? And I'm focused on very different things that are absolutely on that list. But like, the, there's a couple things that I was doing and working towards that I'm actually not really interested in. Um, I was really just doing it for the money and it was fun. And just the world changed. That particular world changed. So I'm just going to leave it at that for now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, your priorities shifted. My priorities shifted, honestly, back to my original, like everything that I know and love already, which is back to my yoga brand and business and where I want to go with that. And honestly, I, I've been taking more like outside classes. So I've been thinking about, I, I've been thinking, I've just been thinking a lot about it and where I want to go with it and what I want to, what I want to do with it. So I, I I've been kind of diving back into that world of moving beyond public classes because that's all I'm really doing right now that's all I've really done since uh, COVID hit and the world shut down and it was it, I, I had no idea what to do and where how to move forward and if I wanted to move forward if my priorities changed back then and blah 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 so coming back to it so set some new goals, some new intentions moving forward. So yeah, there you go. That's my update. So what are you doing with that, with growing your yoga business and things like that? Like, let's, I know that on the website where we're putting up your like, and please listeners click and check out um, <laughs> Missy's yoga website. And, you know, if you're interested in learning more about it, You've been teaching for a number of years, so you're very well experienced. Yeah, and, and I never stopped teaching. Like, let's be clear. Like, right, I, I'm no. saying I'm going back to it. It's not that I've, I. It's not that I took a full on hiatus. I took a few months hiatus when we first opened. I mean, when we first like shut down the world. But but right. yeah, so I have been ends. The gyms closed, and you were yeah. teaching there. I was you're, teaching in a studio too. I was you were teaching in a studio that closed down. Yeah, the whole business, we shut it down. Yeah. yeah. So, and then you were trying to do some virtual classes. And um, they were going really great at first in the beginning because a lot of people, you know, had that <laughs> momentum to keep going. And and as <laughs> as we see in this industry, as people do, like things slow down. And so it just, honestly, virtual group classes have not become worth it anymore. Fulfillment-wise, Mostly, I don't even really care about the money as much. It's just like if I'm holding a public class and one person comes, that's a private. And I would like to be able to schedule privates, you know, and have have that be able to give them my full attention and not be thinking about, okay, how can I? Because when 
I love doing, don't get me wrong. When one person shows up, it's wonderful. And I, and I teach them to the best of my ability, but there is something also going on in the back of my brain. That's like, okay, how can I market this a little bit better so that more people can come and show up and benefit from this practice. And that's not fair to the person that I'm working with. So I decided to just not do virtual group classes anymore because I am not serving my best way that in that way. It's not for me. I don't think, I don't know, maybe I'll get back to it in another. And you weren't getting large groups of people. You weren't getting the people to make it a valuable use of that time. Also that financially as well. I mean, that is the truth to this. I can't, it is a business Mm -hmm. and the group classes you were offering at a huge discount. Yes. Yes. And the few that I joined, there were like two other people and you could have had a private lesson with two people and made significantly more money from it. Yeah. And unfortunately, like I hate to, no, it's not unfortunate. I shouldn't even be saying it like that because it is a value and it is a service that I offer and it is worth money. My time is worth money. And so I do have to prioritize myself in, uh, in that way. And I am in such a weird business where we're serving other people, right? And the whole, the big thing ever since I started yoga, which is honestly one of the things that I loved about it so much was that a lot of people really are trying to make yoga accessible to everyone. And, and especially like people that are, that don't have the funds to pay for like expensive yoga and stuff. And when I first got into yoga, I was 18 years old and I had zero like yoga pants, but I had plenty of sweatpants and like (laughs) gym shorts and whatever, you know? And so I, I used that. I didn't have a yoga mat. I didn't have a yoga mat when I first got into practicing yoga. Like that's so weird to me because I have an abundance of yoga mats now it's and an abundance of yoga pants. And like, it's just, yeah, you've got like 42 yoga mats (laughs) per state. Yeah, because I have some stored in New Jersey, I have some stored in Virginia, and I have some, I have two in California where I live. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, because it's hard to bring yoga mats on a plane. <laughs> the one got bought for me, actually, and one got sent with my car. <laughs> Only one got sent with your car? You had like five in your car. I've never opened your trunk and not seen like five yoga mats in there. Well, they had to put other stuff in my trunk. And if it weighed more than a certain amount, the I, it would have cost more money to send that car. So yeah, one yoga mat it was. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my God. I couldn't even have my shoes. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just crazy. My move. I know because I've got shoes here in Virginia for you too. <laughs> uh, nobody should move across the country like I did. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. That's just who I am. I'm a nomad. I'm all over the place. I'm all over the country. Anyway, so back to, but it is a business. And I think you've yes. always tried to focus on the accessibility side of it. And um, especially through the pandemic, right? When people weren't right. working and stuff. And right. And people are trapped inside and isolated. And, but ultimately, people were really. Like, I'm willing to do it for this time because it's supposed to be a two-week shutdown that turned into Mm -hmm. 20-something months. (laughs) Yeah, so people, like, started to kind of fall off and everything. So it just made more sense to me to, like, go back to public classes and work 
I got a job, <laughs> which was weird, <laughs> like a clock in job. And I learned that that's still not for me. <laughs> I still am not a clock in clock out person. Even now I have a part-time job and I love it. It's fun, but it's not something I want to do long-term whatsoever. I'm at the point already. It's, it's about that time on the clock. I'm four months into it. And I'm like, ugh, I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to teach yoga. And that's how I want to spend my time. That is the time that I find of value. And don't worry, I'm going to keep my job. I'm not going to just like quit because I need to do it right. I need to build up my business and my clientele and everything. So I had to break everything down. But you know, a lot of it, I guess we're talking about yoga this time and not what we were saying that we were going to talk about. That's our, that's our situation today. I mean, it segued right into it so nicely. So So, yeah. All right. So 30 minutes in where we've got our topic. (laughs) Here's our situation. Uh, My situation really. As I build up my my business here, I, I was doing really well on the East Coast. And I, I mean, with public classes and privates, that was pretty much what I was doing full time. And full time doing that still looks like 20 to 30 classes a week, you know, so that's like 20 or 30 hours a week, which is great. That is super my speed. And that does not include prep time and like my, but it leaves me a lot of time to for my own practice and to learn a lot. And, you know, so that's the kind of lifestyle that I really, I really capitalize on. And so I was doing really well. I, I, I moved to the West coast and of course the world shut down. So I've had a hard time kind of showing, making it known that I'm out here. And, and I do feel like it's valuable to kind of make it known that I'm out here because I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit here, uh, get ready to throw up bolts. Um, but <laughs> I, I have a pretty unique toolbox of knowledge when it comes to the physical practice of yoga and anatomy and moving the body. And with my training, I was trained by a physical therapist and I learned a ton about posture and alignment. And for me, the whole reason I, well, that's not the reason I, I was about to say the whole reason I got into teaching. That's not the reason I got into teaching. The reason I got into teaching was because I fell in love with yoga because it brought me, it brought me a sense of calm when everything, it brought me back to myself at, when everything around me was going crazy. I mean, it, we talked about our year of trauma and that was really the year I decided that I was going to teach yoga because Yoga really helped me during those times. It helped me get out of bed when people died and I was sad. And it helped me move on with my day and really get myself going. And then I, then in my training, fast forward, I learned a, a lot about movement and alignment. And I realized that what was happening to me was my body was moving. And what was happening to me during our year of trauma, and I was, uh, you know, yoga was really helping me and saving my life, basically, um, is that moving the body is proven to balance out the chemicals in your brain and in your body and to, and to help, you know, kind of like what pharmaceutical drugs (laughs) are prescribed to do, you know, yoga is really helpful for that. So when I was learning about anatomy and alignment and posture and I, and movement, it was like this physical awareness brought me way more mental awareness and 
spiritual awareness and just awareness and consciousness everywhere in my life. And maybe not everywhere, but in so many areas that I had no idea. It was like, my teacher said it like this and it stuck with me. It's like a veil lifted. It's like the fog was cleared. And I could all of a sudden see a whole bunch of shit that I had never been able to see before. And clearly now the breeze is gone. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, that's um, I mean, that's my passion. That's where my passion comes from is that veil being lifted, seeing clearly now the rain is gone. I think that's that's beautiful. And there was a big change in you too, because I know we talked a little bit about the jar story. Mm-hmm. That happened after my teacher training. Yep. Right. And how you just, all, you had more awareness about your coping mechanisms and what you were doing before, what was working, what really wasn't working. There was a lot of growing up that you did in that period of time which also helped shape our relationship and helped with our Mm -hmm. communication because there was less avoidance and less, you know, stuffing shit in that jar. Um, For sure. I mean, and, but let's be honest, at first it was not very easy. It was all harder at first. It was a little bit more rocky because I did radically change. Mm -hmm. My, I went vegan overnight and that in and of itself was a challenge for many people, not just me. (laughs) So, and, and there's also that sense of like, how seriously are you being taken? And is this just a phase and yeah, all that. And, um, and like, why are you doing this? And we don't really understand. And, and I think we got to a point, I mean, you and I got to a point where I was like, all right, that's cool. That's what you're doing. And I respect that. And that's fine. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to change, but I can respect that you're going to change. And these little tiny adjustments that I have to make for when you're around, like, okay. And then we found out my adjustments aren't so big (laughs) because I already was drinking almond milk and not. Yeah. A lot of stuff Um, plant-based as it is. (laughs) Or when you came and you were like, um, you know, the butter that you get is already vegan. You don't have to get that. Right. I'm like, I went to Whole Foods and spent like $8 on butter for you. And I was like, you don't have to do that. This one's already vegan. You got the smart balance out. And I was like, what are you doing? And you're like, yeah, this is vegan. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. Not kidding. Now, I'm sorry, everybody. There is all of the palm oil police out there. I'm sorry. That is there. But well, I I mean, I can with what I have. (laughs) Yeah. And I've had some of that moment too where I've been like, okay, well, I don't drink cow milk, um, largely because I'm allergic to the steroids that they give the cows. So like I can have a bowl of cereal, but I can't have a glass of milk. Yeah. I mean, well, getting that. A stomach uh-huh. and then, um, so I had already switched to organic and then I went to almond milk and you know, I, I battle with that because, uh, you know, I think it's like 80% of the world's almonds supply is in Northern California and the amount of water that it takes to grow almonds 
largely is leading to a lot of the wildfires in California. So I was like, okay, well, should I switch to oat milk? Like, should I do like, am I so, hurting the environment just as much with cow, with cow milk or almond milk? It, so no, you're not. The almond milk water <laughs> crisis is way less, way smaller than the water crisis that it, the, the amount of water that it takes to, for the cows, the, the amount of cows to drink, just to drink. It's not just the cow farms that we see, like even in California. I mean, there's so many and it's, and honestly, it's horrific. They, there's so much land and there's so many cows on top of each other. And it is horrible to see. I digress a little bit. The, the industrial agriculture industry, that, that was pretty redundant, huh? The amount of cows that need to drink water, it's just so much. And I remember one year, I don't know if you were there, but one year grandpa came to one of our holiday dinners with a fact and presented it very interesting. He was like, in a way that we thought the humans were going to be more consuming, frame the question like, what do you think takes more water, a cow drinking water or a human taking a shower? So all of us were like, oh, I bet it's a human taking a shower because humans suck. Right. And he and he was like, no, it's actually the cows and it's this much more and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, holy shit. And then a couple of years later, I went vegan and I was like, oh, that's why like I get that connection now. Like that's why he found out that fact is probably because somebody was trying to shed light on the fact that there's so much water being used for that. So anyway, I digress. I get I get a little passionate about that. But yeah. No, yeah, the, yeah. I, don't worry about the almond issue because we're not using nearly as much water <laughs> for that as we are for there's bigger issues. Well, I mean, that's what we liberals do, though, right? Like, it's not really the straws that are the problem. It's I the... love liberals. You guys are so cute. <laughs> but we'll be so like, cool. oh, let's, like, use let's, paper, let's, use... let's recycle some plastic. Right. And really, it's the cruise ship in a week uses it dumps more trash into the ocean than all of Europe does in a year. And and like that is so much worse for the environment, but let's have paper straws and the straws aren't the issue. It's the, yeah. So, I mean, I get it. (laughs) Also what's killing the turtles and, and the fish and everything is not straws or even necessarily plastic. It's humans because humans like to eat fish. So like, that's the actual that's issue. Thing. That's why our oceans are losing creatures is because humans like to eat them. And so humans right, right. kill and them. And we're dumping all kinds of trash. But that's true too. But what's yeah. really killing the majority of the animals is fishing. Anyway, <laughs> great example of how we can talk about this thing now and not get in a fight. <laughs> because at the right. beginning, it was way harder. Like we are it able- It was to- because you would get so defensive- and you would get so defensive also. Right. Because you felt like I was judging you and I felt like I had to defend the judgment and you felt like you had to judge what you were or defend what you were doing. And I felt like it was just, it was right. I mean, I do remember going to the vegan restaurant and we went specifically to the vegan restaurant because with, with uh, Linda and Guinevere and Guinevere ate some things, but she wasn't really into it. I ate, uh, I ate, what I had ordered for Guinevere is my own meal. And, and it was, it was all very delicious. It was wonderful, but I was still hungry afterwards. And I was like, oh, uh, okay, now yeah, I could go totally normal. I could go for a burger now <laughs> and kind of, and like, for me, I was mostly making a joke, but also I was still hungry. 
And you were very, very angry about it. Like, yeah, I was probably pretty annoyed about that comment. I I probably felt like it was a dig at me at the time. But now I'm in a place where where I would respond to that with, yeah, that's totally completely normal because your body is so used to that animal protein that when you feed it with just plants for a meal, you're going to feel a little bit hungry because your stomach has expanded from all of that animal protein. And so it does take a lot more to satisfy that hunger when you, when your stomach is stretched from the animal protein. So when you have the plant protein, it's not filling it up as much. So it makes total sense. And I could have that conversation that way now, but I was like, yeah. It was but at nice. the time you were just like, fuck you. <laughs> like, I hate you. It's more of like a dig at me and like, uh, complaining about going to a rest, a vegan restaurant for me. You know what I mean? That's what I took it as. And, and it wasn't a, co- it wasn't a complaint. It was a, Hey, we, I want to accommodate what you like. We're, we're coming here for you, but also to accommodate and to show acceptance for you. And I yeah, felt, and at the time I was like, that's I not felt. appreciated. Like it was like, well, because it, it did not at the time feel like anybody was trying to accommodate me. That felt like a fight and it felt like an argument and everybody was mad that we were going there. And I was like, why are we going here then? And it was, it, that was, it did not feel like anybody was trying to be nice about it. You were turning up your nose at every dish. So was the other person that we were with. And everybody was pretty nasty about it is my memory of it. And including me, I, because I was nasty back because I was like, we're going to complain the whole way. And then, so it was just, it was, it was hard experience. It was one of my first experiences going to a vegan restaurant with people who weren't vegan. Right. And so, and for me, I was like, I didn't feel like I was complaining about anything. I thought everything was delicious, but I was like I would, like I would drink a glass of wine where I'd be like, okay, well, this is a little bit, this is different. And I also felt at the time where you were like, it tastes just like chicken. It tastes just like this. It tastes just, and I was like, no, it doesn't. And I like vegan cheese. We know that we've had these conversations, but it does not taste like Okay. Dairy well, and now I'm so deep into veganism that I don't remember what the original thing tastes like, but they're absolutely, right. I have always been pretty honest about what I felt <laughs> tasted exactly the same and what I felt different. And I still believe to that at the time and now those chicken nuggets, those soy nuggets, they taste exactly like chicken and the sour cream. No, sour cream tastes nothing like sour cream but I love it just as much as I loved the regular sour cream. So and I, I love vegan cream cheese, I like the cashew cream cheese more than. And none of the, that's the other thing is like, none of the cheeses taste the same as the original cheese to me. I don't think any right. of them taste the, the same, but they're. They and I don't think any of the meats taste the same. Now, I, now that I totally disagree. And I a hundred percent do think that, especially those beyond burgers. I used to freak out. I, like I don't trust restaurants really making them because I get scared that they're really meat. <laughs> well I'll be honest I have not tried a I have not tried a vegan burger you um, haven't I have not tried a vegan burger really? I should put that on my list of new foods to try really I'm um, shocked but don't do the beyond I mean fine do the beyond burger but like there's such good weird burgers out there like so one of my um didn't have like a beet burger at the um at the moth in Jersey really no we did the jackfruit 
Okay. I've talked to you before about my mentor who his, his daughters went vegan for a period of time. And then I think they went to vegetarian. Like he has gone to places in New York and stuff. And he's, and he has said the burgers are really good. And he's like my barbecue guy, right? He's the one who will do a brisket and smoke and smoke meat all weekend kind of person and amazing at it. So when he was like, no, this burger was actually really good. I was like, okay, I'm going to give that a shot. But for some reason, I don't know why the burgers make me nervous because I've had so many people tell me how they actually take like, and I don't know why. when I go out to eat, I either get like a salmon or I get a burger. Like those are my, those are my go-to things. Those are my fallbacks. So I don't know why, but it feels like when I go out to get it, I'm like, I just want a burger and I just want like a really good burger. And it, it it's almost as if like, it's the last time I'm ever going to have a burger or something. I think it's more like, you don't ever cook yourself burgers, right? No, no. Well, that's why that's a staple. It is food because I don't have from New a, Jersey. We're from the diner capital of the U S right? Like, isn't that and I is? don't go to diners either. Okay, but, but we're big on going out. I don't have a grill. We're in America. So I, <laughs> right. I, and I don't have a grill and I don't like, I can make them on the stove, like in the skillet, but that's not the same as a good cookout burger. Yeah. Um, so I'll go to a burger place and that's, that's, yeah, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite things. Um, but I, I, it's like, it's not a thing, but I can go to world of beer on Mondays and get a two and it's $2 burger night. So there's no reason for me to still have that. Like, Oh my God. But if I get this, I don't get, I don't okay. get the burger. I know. Right. I have an issue. <laughs> yeah, issue with a lot of things. Yeah. It, it's kind of a ridiculous thing. Because my beginning of the year thing, I have a list that I do every year. And it's like, read a difficult book, try a new food, write someone a letter, go someplace you've never gone before. So those are my goals that I set every year. And I do a check-in with myself. And I have been saying this year, or the last couple of years, actually, I've been like, it's getting harder to find what's a new food I can try because I've had a lot of willing to try what's left. (laughs) Well, because honestly, I hadn't thought about the the Beyond Burger. I haven't actually had one because we've talked about it so much. But usually I, I have tried. I have been very experimental with different foods and different ethnic foods. So I am very adventurous when it comes to food. And it's gotten to a point where I'm like, well, now I can't decide. Do I want, do I want Thai food or do I want uh, Indian food Ugh. or do I want this or do I, I want know. that? Like, because there's so much that I like and I have already tried. It's getting to that point with me. Eve, also with, with being vegan, everybody has a vegan dish at least. So it's becoming difficult to pick what restaurant I want to go to. Also, it was like that problem was solved for me for a little while. And now everybody is, yeah. I, I'm not complaining. I am complaining, but <laughs> <laughs> It's a good it's a problem. Good problem. Yeah. It's, it's first world problems. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The epitome of them. Yeah. It's like, do I go to the Ethiopian place or do I go over there and do I go, but I can get Peruvian chicken. So it does get difficult because I've tried so many different things and I love so many different things. So what ends up happening is I get overwhelmed and I end up just getting a burger because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yes. <laughs> Because there's just too much. But maybe I'll do that this weekend. I will go and get a Beyond Burger. 
Okay, I guess try a Beyond Burger first. I do usually tell people to try like the more meaty versions first, but like that's usually when they're trying to actually transition to vegan. For you, I'm like, you are adventurous and you appreciate food. I feel like for you, you would appreciate like the actual vegan handmade type burgers more than you will the Beyond Burger. But I do still think that you should try it and give me a review of what you think of the Beyond Burger because I am curious. I feel like with vegan foods, I'm going to be honest, I prefer something that is an unapologetically vegan dish more so than something that's trying to recreate a non-vegan dish. I, okay. Well, that's that why, sense? yes. And that is why I think that you would appreciate the other kinds of burgers more than the Beyond Burger because the Beyond Burger is trying to be me and the other ones aren't. They're just calling it burgers because it's something that you eat like a burger. Because you pick it up and it's on bread. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Like a wild mushroom burger patty is not going to be like that, you know, or a beet okay. patty or um, like a black bean, like a black bean. Yeah. And for you, like the uh, you can also start with trying things that will be like more held together with egg. Like you don't have to go for a vegan burger. You can go for a vegetarian burger and see how that is. See how those different things are. But like I said, I do think that you would appreciate the other ones that are not beyond more. So. Okay. Cool. Cool. I will go looking. You go looking. (laughs) I'm going to go looking this weekend then. So that's our situation. Thank you for listening and joining us today. Please download and subscribe, like, and comment wherever you listen. Check out our website, sisterlysituationspodcast.com. And email us at sisterlysituationspodcast at gmail.com. Also, please check out my lovely sister's yoga website, (laughs) consciousyoga.tv. Thank you. Thank you.